Welcome to the Holy Spirit's Curriculum of Joy podcast. My name is Wanaka Oberhuber, and today the host is Pamela Whitman. Hi. Hello. Welcome. Would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, I'm Wanaka Oberhuber, and I grew up in America then lived and lived in Italy and in Austria. And I've been, I got to know the Course in Miracles a long time ago, but I didn't read it at the time. I heard of it like 25 years ago. That happens a lot. What eventually brought you to pick up the book and read it and start becoming a student of the Course? Yeah. That's a good one. I after <laughs> after I read, you know, the book Love is Letting Go of Fear by Jerry Jampolsky. And I at some point remembered that I had read it and that he had mentioned A Course in Miracles. And then I started listening to interviews with him and other people. And then I finally was told by Spirit that I'm to be a I am a teacher of A Course in Miracles, and I said, I haven't even read the book. How can I be a teacher of A Course in Miracles? And so I, I, I decided I need to start getting to know it. So I listened to it first, and then I did the workbook, and then I, and now I've been, I'm going through it like the second time. And the workbook took about one and a half years to do. Wonderful. So you started yeah. with the workbook before the text. Well, I had listened to the, the text audio before I did the workbook. Wow. So I think And the manual for teachers as well. That's fascinating. I am I'm really uh fascinated that you had that guidance from the Holy Spirit um before really an even formalized uh, going through the workbook. It, it, taught me, it took me a, a long time studying the course before I realized I had that relationship that I could hear that guidance. When did you start hearing that guidance from the Holy Spirit? How, how was that, starting to hear guidance? Yeah, well, guidance has been there since a long time. Um, the like 25 years ago, about in that same time frame, I had a whole lot of opening experiences, one of which was hearing a voice within me that said, let us love one another at a Bible study group. And I, and I didn't, I wasn't sure because I was praying, you know, to get an answer. Is God there to, to help us or not? Or is someone there who's going to help, right? Humanity, and especially me, because I was in a pretty dark spot at the time and and then I heard the voice say let us love one another and then I said I can't say that people will take it like meaning um, everyone should have sex with each other at the Bible study group which of course was a total misinterpretation of it if anybody had understood that and the voice could have answered to that but I didn't say what I heard so I said something else let the world be uplifted by love or something like that. 
So I, I was I didn't dare to speak what I heard, and then I never heard that voice again. But I did continue to receive guidance in various ways. Wow, how interesting! So uh, after you're so you're saying that from from since that time you've not heard that voice. No, I've never heard it again. Uh, in what ways do you receive guidance now? Yeah, in various ways. It's, you know, I had a few other opening experiences. And it comes through feelings and, and uh, thoughts popping up and various insights. So it's different. But I do do get the meaning and so I can convey that so are you still a student of the Bible the Bible well I was in, in Christian groups for a while but I was never accepted as a Christian because I, I was not willing to see Jesus Christ the way they did in those groups really interesting because I was you know I, I thought I you know they spoke of the Holy Spirit speaking to them and I had had that experience of hearing the voice but I didn't know at the time that it was Jesus or Yeshua as I I get now is his name and but I was saying it it's it's that right it's like channeling, it's, it's this connection. And they were like, no, that's impossible. That can't be the same thing. So I was in, yeah, they, I was not accepted in the way I saw it. Even though when we were spoke of the Bible, sometimes I would be saying, um, I would be told, wow, that must be coming from Holy Spirit. It's so great what you're saying and the way I got the interpretation of certain passages of the Bible. Yeah. So that was very interesting. This contrast. <laughs> <laughs> so how is your, I mean, your podcast being called the Holy Spirit's curriculum of joy. How has your relationship with the Holy Spirit evolved yeah i mean at, at the time i i was not relating to the holy spirit or or that i was more you know christianity was attractive to me because of its ethics and its humanity and when i encountered christians who did not live that I was very surprised and a bit shocked because I felt that that was the essence of why it's so wonderful yes so an example maybe a priest for instance I was I was a kid and I was speaking with a priest and and I was saying how important um, being humane is to me being and and he his answer was um, Hitler was a human too. 
so or maybe it's some of something's getting lost in the translation because it was in German. So yeah. So I was pretty shocked because yeah. it's not about that. It was about the ethical behavior. Yes. So then you started hearing about the course. Um, yeah, that was later. You're right. That was before the before having heard w about the course. Was there a bridge between there and and then when you started hearing about the course? A bridge. Other teachings or? Yeah, I actually, I actually studied a few things. I'm actually have the certificate to teach a few things as well that I never taught, but I do have the the education for it. One of which is awakening the light body that is taught by a woman and a man who are channeling their guides, Orin and Dabin, and they are called Sanea Roman and Dwayne Packer. And I actually went beyond the, the course Awakening the Light Body to the teacher courses. So I'm, I'm actually um, allowed to teach. The, the course and beyond a little itself and I also learned a technique called the body mirror system that was put together and developed by Martin Brofman who cured himself from cancer and myopia and that was that was also very inspiring, but it also made, had me face something that I had a hard time with, being responsible for everything that I was experiencing. That was very scary. <laughs> and at the same time, it, it woke huge hopes in me of yeah. power and ability to change everything, right? Right. So, so trying we... that out didn't work, of course, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, would you have considered these all steps in, in the path that led you to A Course in Miracles? No, it was all, you know, I, I it was all at the same time, you know, oh. I was, I was reading so many books, psychology, um, including, I, I read a book, one of the books that was very significant for me. And right after I read it, or was reading in it, I had these opening experiences, was a book about shamanism by... Jose and Lena Stevens, tapping the spirit power from within, in which they affirmed that what most people call imagination or fantasy has meaning and is real and in its own rights. And that was something that I was really important to me because I felt that that, that was real. And so many 
voices were, were saying that's not real, right? You're just making it up. It's make-believe. Oh. It's not true. You know, I heard you talking about imagination in one of your earlier podcasts. So uh, would you, uh, imagination uh, versus truth. And um, so I'm, I'd be interested in hearing you talk more about that and about your experience, that opening, in context of the opening experience. Could you share about that? Sure. Well, the imagination is free and so we are free in it. And that's what spirit is now that I know A Course in Miracles. The spirit is free. We are free in truth. And that's something I only could remember through what I was being told was fantasy or imagination. And make believe. But as we know from, from experience, this power from within this truth can appear in many ways. And of course, in miracles, yes, there's a difference between fantasy and truth. When you invited me back, as you know, I said, well, I would love to come back and interview you because I think it would be wonderful for all of us to learn more about your journey with the Course in Miracles. I know I'm interested in that. So thanks for agreeing to be in the hot seat today. Yeah, it's, it's a, a great opportunity to be truly helpful. I, I really appreciate your agreeing to it. So would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners? I'm Monica Oberhuber, as you all know, and I grew up. America and Italy and Austria. And so I grew up with learning one language after the other and being exposed to various cultures and attitudes towards living that have yeah, formed me or I have grown to see language as a means of communication rather than, as some people say, language is determining our culture. I have seen it as a means of communication and cultural aspects are also a means of communication. So we, need, we just need to transfer what we want to say into the various contexts I love that. And it's so interesting to me to see how every step is, is part of our journey and we're being uh, prepared for what comes next. And I love how you grew up learning these different languages and now you have an international Course in Miracles ministry and your language skills are being used for that. Yeah, I've never seen myself as having a ministry, but if that's perceived that way, maybe so. <laughs> Your ministry has begun. That's what it says in the course. And it sure has. I mean, you, you speak about the course with people from all over the world. Yes, I do. And it's really fascinating. Yeah. So what... What brought you to A Course in Miracles? Did you share that journey with us? I will 
will do my best because <laughs> 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 there's so many, so many aspects to it that I don't know what led to it first. <laughs> we have time. <laughs> so formulate principles of getting along with each other. And the main thing about it is we are all part of this one. So if I hurt someone else, I'm hurting myself in a way. And if I hurt myself, I'm hurting the whole as well. But I saw myself as a part of this whole. So that was that's different than what I see now, now that I know So that has changed over the years. And yes, I was I was actually in a state of blaming society and others for all things that bothered me. So that was very important to allow this shift to happen to discover a moral, ethical way of seeing things. And yet it was a basis for blame as well. So I had to move on slowly, but surely. Oh, wait, can you stop right there and go back? Because it's so important what you just said. I mean, that's huge what you just said, how it was the basis for blame itself. Can you just stop there and really expound on that? Okay. Well, thinking that I was on the moral or ethical high ground gave me, so to speak, a language to attack others for their behavior <laughs> and and not reflect on my own in a in a good way <laughs> that was a great insight so how did yeah. that how did you gain that insight when did you have that shift because that's that's huge yeah when did i well I went through a whole process. I was first blaming others. Then I then I real I noticed that that wasn't working well. <laughs> it wasn't coming back well. And then I thought, well, maybe the others know everything, so I have to listen to them what they say about me. But that didn't work either. So I, it turned out neither of those were helpful. Um. Having believing that I know best or or that the others know best, neither worked. So I had to to learn to accept who I was and what I was, how I functioned. And I always was a person who was having insights into accepting more and more responsibility as a metaphor for growing up. Mm. And when I spoke about that, I had the impression that my classmates had no idea what I was talking about. (laughs) They had no experience of that type. So, yeah, that was pretty odd. And so I felt like I was the outsider. And, uh, And so I had to, I was thinking of finding some strategy, some way to join to become part of what was, what I thought was, so to, so to speak, my peers. So you were looking for mighty companions? Maybe, maybe, but I didn't have those words at the time. 
in school. So when you're talking <laughs> about your, your classmates, this was in, in, in college or? No, still in, in school. I, you know, I moved to Austria when I was 10 years old. And so I was, I was already in a, a situation of not knowing what was going on because when kids would laugh or this and that, I didn't know if I was meant. I was a very insecure young man or boy at the time. So this was at a very young age, you had that, that insight about responsibility. Yes. Yes. And only much later, what I was telling you about the oneness idea came later. And that came much later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so can you uh, share about how your spiritual journey, uh, how did it progress from there in terms of what kind of tools you were using? What kind of spiritual tools and studies? Spiritual tools is good. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know I was on a spiritual path so, <laughs> at the time. So. <laughs> I hope I'm not disappointing you. But I had no idea what I was in for. I did have a back and forth with 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 Christianity though from an early age on and had had my discussions with God or the idea that I had of God and whether God exists or not and I was very it was very scary for me because of the Ten Commandments and and realizing I didn't know how to live that I had no, no way of living up to those Ten Commandments. I tried, but I was, I was not successful. <laughs> so is that part of your, uh, your responsibility, your journey to responsibility? Well, I, I guess so, because taking responsibility for your actions his responsibility and and yeah one of the things that people love doing is using swear words or or making someone else small and and I had no adequate response to that because the response that I was being told to have didn't fit what I felt I should be doing so yeah so what came next from Christianity, from your your on-again, off-again, I guess, re relationship with Christianity? Then what came next in terms of your your spiritual path? It's a good one. It, it's, you know, it's all very parallel. There are so many parallel aspects going on. I'm acting like, like linear time is real. So forgive, forgive the question. Yeah, well... You know, there were, were there's there's things like, you know, my my mom liked to share with me the story of Hiroshima, the bombing of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, and stories about that, or stories about the uh, 
various people who did amazing things, you know, like, let's see, Florence Nightingale, who was there for soldiers and helped them in their hour of need, or, yeah, others of that genre, Martin Luther King Jr. And so these, these things did, did affect me a lot because I thought about it and it was scary I must admit <laughs> <laughs> what was scary about it well many of these people died in horrendous ways or being killed or murdered for their engagement for peace at least that's what it appeared like to me Mm. And, and that was scary. So did you have a, a calling to be truly helpful and yet there was this uh, sense that there would be some sacrifice involved? Yes, I think that's exactly what it was, even if I didn't have those words. <laughs> yeah. My wish was to be truly helpful. And my, actually my, one of my, wishes was to be a storyteller because I enjoyed a storyteller so much as a child. And I felt that was really helpful because it inspired people. Well, I'm really grateful that you're sharing your story with us today. And it is very inspiring. Thank you. I yeah. hope so. <laughs> <laughs> to hear about your journey. You know, a lot of people right now uh, are going through facing a lot of changes in their in their lifestyles or what's happening in their their outer lives um, because of what's going on in the outer world and are going through the what the course in the manual for teachers calls the development of trust and I I would just like to ask, would you be willing to share with us about your journey through the development of trust in your curriculum? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that's a big one because trusting what's coming from within when, when everything else appears to be saying the opposite has been a challenge for me many times in my life. And I even wrote songs and sang songs about it where I was really saying how like I'm saying the truth but but nobody believes it it still must be the truth nonetheless right right and what am I to do with this so those are types of songs that came to me and and thoughts because what am I to do with with it when nobody believes me right right what shall I do if I sing a song the people say is so wrong? The song is truer than true. What should I do? That was the song text, for instance. And so, so I was aware of this, this tremendous contrast to what I was feeling within and to the way my life was going in the world. So developing trust, yeah, that was a big, a long journey, step by step. 
deciding to continue on and trusting what's coming. And yeah, the, the fruits, I guess, have been a lot of creativity and I've been active as an artist, as, as yeah, writing, singing, dancing, drawing, painting. And in all those endeavors, I was sharing my thoughts, my, yeah, my innermost and most valued, so to speak, ideas or things that were coming through me that I felt were valuable and I wanted to share with others. And so I was always very shocked that when what I was sharing was not valued at all or not cared about or seen as, you know, sometimes childish and not relevant, so to speak. And other times when people would say it's so wonderful, I didn't know whether they were being honest or not because I had had no way of telling because I discovered that when people say, you know, speak in absolutes or just criticize you by, by using one or two words, you have no idea what that means. There's no way of understanding what is being said when you're just taking the words. So how has that been an opportunity for you to accept salvation for yourself? Well, I, I had to discover that the whole salvation or whatever we call it, the whole love, everything, all answers come from within me. They're not to, to be found out there. And I was very thankful when I started discovering books or, yeah, mainly books and other people sometimes who had similar thoughts because that was such a valuable lesson that there are people who can relate to what's going on in me, even if they're not around me at this time. So yeah, I, had, I explored a lot once I was willing to explore and opened up to that. But I had to make a decision that there certainly must be others who understand this, which I hadn't, hadn't previously done because I had thought there couldn't be. I mean, at the beginning, of course, I believed everyone thought the same way I did as a child, until I discovered that wasn't the case. You know, I'm so happy to learn about uh, your music and your dancing and your art. I had wanted to ask you about the artwork that is the, the angel art that is the logo for the podcast. The, uh, can you share about the inspiration for that? Yeah, sure. I've I've actually made a whole um yeah, been inspired and given a whole podcast um not a whole podcast, a whole card deck of angels and more 
I actually have painted a lot of angels. This is just one of them. And for the group on Facebook, it's also there's also angels on it. Kids and angels in a playground for the Holy Spirit's curriculum of joy. Beautiful. Uh, do you, are they available to the public? Can you tell us how we could do you sell them? Can we I do I have never my my neither my books that I've written nor nor my art has been been available because I've never had it published. I do I I had a little self-published some poetry of mine. But that's it, basically it. Everything else is not published except for what I've been publishing on online now. As I am posting once a day, right? Exactly. So you've been posting every day since 2018? Uh, yeah, something like that. The 21st of December. Yeah, I think it was, was it 2018? Yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. Then an average once a day on, on A Course in Miracles. Now I've been opening up to share more from my other backgrounds as well. So now I've, I've opened the group to end the podcast to interdisciplinary synergies. Beautiful. Do you have specific tool? I mean, there's so many tools in A Course in Miracles. Uh, do you have specific go-to tools from A Course in Miracles that, uh, that you draw upon at this time in your life that you could share with us? Sure. And one of my favorites at the moment is that that what is true is true and cannot be touched, right? In it by anything, any illusion. So everything that is true is always true and remains true, no matter what. That's a thought that is very helpful to me, and it it helps me calm down when I'm in a state of uproar. Excellent. Any others? Um, yeah, there's there's many. Let me see what what's been coming up lately. I mean, one of the another favorite of mine is the the understanding that we are all infinitely valuable, and there is nothing that can change that. Mm. It's always true. And I love sharing about that. Oh, that is beautiful. Because I've had so many siblings, you know, come coming and speaking with me. I speak with them on Messenger as well. And, and when things come up, it's really, really important to remind each other that we are all, all infinitely valuable and already whole and complete. And... It's such a, a helpful way of th seeing things in order to be 
yeah, forgiving. Because what is there to forgive if you already are whole? And what I also like to make clear is that the ethics in A Course in Miracle are very important. Many siblings forget the ethics and think that, that it means you can do whatever you like if you're sinless. And it's the contrary. Sinlessness enables us to be gentle, to be kind, to be loving. And it's the belief in sin and in that we could be harmful that stops us from being kind, gentle, and loving towards one another. That's really clear. And it brings, it brings you back, it brings us back to what you shared about the very beginning of your questioning um, as a child, the ethics that were so appealing to you. Yes, indeed. Seems like a really uh, strong core value that you've held throughout your lifetime. Yes, it's very important to me. And I... I feel it's, it should, should be something we can relate to and see the value of. Because often, you know, ethics are seen as, as a bother. Because, you know, they go beyond laws. The laws of the world do not always reflect ethics. They should. They're based on it originally, right? Right. But the laws of the world are not are not clearly following ethical grounds. And therefore the ethics that are portrayed in a course in miracles do not necessarily negate the law in the that we know in the world. No, of course not. They they never negate anything. They simply open up our minds to seeing who we truly are and who we truly are is absolutely wonderful and kind and loving and is able to open us up to a way of living that is so healing that it actually can, when chosen, to allow these thoughts to come in and take over, heal anything, to forgive anything, or basically when you've changed your mind, you are able to be who you truly are. And that means even the most hardened criminal can be, be a person who chooses to change his or her mind. And that leads to this open-mindedness to be actually be able to see each other in truth and see each other as each other's savior. That's another one of my favorite thoughts. And I've been also sharing a lot about we walk each other home because I feel that's very important to be aware of. 
And of course, in miracles, the journey is not one that we walk alone on. It's one we walk together. Well, you do a beautiful job of demonstrating the ethics of this course. And I want to uh, thank you on behalf of your listenership for your ministry and for sharing the principles of this course. Yeah, one of the, the most challenging to share is open-mindedness because many times that's something that is, is not easy to accept when you have A Course in Miracles in the background and say, wow, that's the, that's the, the highest standard you can have and and then say wow but the end in the course it says to open mindedness is so important now how do you do that when you already have the highest so to speak standards available to you how do you see others in their views and understandings as being your savior you are not alone and you are not the only one walking home. We all are. So staying in the open-mindedness allows us to see how everyone is walking us home. And we are walking everyone home. It's a journey we are on together. Amen. What is your daily practice with the Course? My main practice is is sharing. So I'm sharing the posts that come through me. It's a connection with Yeshua that allows this to come through. And the guidance is is always one that goes deeper and deeper. And it's always about teaching what I want to learn. And the Course is very clear about teach what you want to learn, because that's how you learn it. And that's an important point for me, that I am equal. We are all equal. And therefore, I am not further along the path than someone else or further back. We are all on the path together. And so I am very clear that I am going through exactly the same things as everyone else is. We are going through everything together. So I'm very, very thankful to every sibling that is sharing with me and I'm uh, um, welcome to share with. Because every, every connection is a connection that furthers the ability to accept the atonement for each and every one of us. Has your, how has your relationship with the Course shifted as, as, as you've gone along in your relationship with the Course? Yeah, it's, it's become 
ever more trustful because Yeshua is guiding me on this and I do not know what he's going to guide me to next. And as I write the posts, seldom do I know in advance which passage is going to come and be added to it. Because it's Yeshua saying, go to this, this, this passage. I don't even know what's on it. And it always fits to what he's having me share. It always fits. And often I don't even know why it fits. I just know it fits. It feels, I feel it. Because I don't know what it is beforehand. It's a beautiful demonstration of trust. And the same with the podcast. I don't know what he's going to have me share. What he's going to pick up from what I've experienced recently or heard or been interested in. And what, what level of, of pain or suffering that I've been going through that he's going to have me share about to be truly helpful. Because he always offers the answer alongside with it. Uh, calming, uh, healing way of interpreting what's going on. That I was not aware of as I was going through it. Or may have been aware of at some level, but didn't articulate. So I get the opportunity to be shown as I share. Is there a specific prayer from the that you go to with frequency? I, I actually have various thoughts that come up when I feel the need to pray or to ask for help. And often I do this together with another sibling because when we join, usually, or actually it's, I can depend on it, there's a reason we're going through the same thing. Whether it, the form may look completely different but what we're going through is the same. And so I pray to that. I join in praying for that. And that is always, always helpful to me. And as well, at least I am told, is helpful to the siblings involved. So, let's see. Maybe I can find an example or something that maybe Yasha would like to give an example of that. That would be great. Yeah, so for our conversation, I was given some insight into what it would be for. And so I prayed for that. I allowed that to flow through. And of course, the main 
thing is to be truly helpful, right? And yes. And in the way we talk to acknowledge our infinite value and to remind each other of who we are. And as in A Course in Miracles, it's clear that who we are is love. That's what I want to have this conversation remind us of. That we are love. Beautiful. I mean, when you said that earlier, I wrote it down. We are all infinitely valuable and already whole and complete. When you said that earlier in our talk, I wrote that down. I felt it. I felt the energy of that. Yeah. And it's so beautiful when we are reminded of who we are. That's a service we can offer each other because we all forget. We all deny who we are more, more at one time, less at another. Yet it's always as easily corrected through remembering who we are and allowing through that remembering for the blocks to the awareness of love's presence as it, it is stated in A Course in Miracles, to be removed by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I'm very thankful for that. Me too. Do you have anything else that you'd like to share in conclusion? Sure. I would like to share that it is, is a good thing to welcome insights and revelations no matter how great the contrast is to what we are experiencing in our so-called everyday life it is always helpful to accept the revelation for what it is and to allow that to yeah, walk us through whatever processes or experiences we are going through. Because it's a joining. It's a direct communication, a direct way of being shown how valuable we are, all of us are. And to keep that in mind, no matter how far we think we are straying from that, we are always held safely in that gentle, gentle awareness, in that gentle song that we are singing. For we are truly singing a song that is the song that we are all singing together as one. We are joined and we are all sourced from the same source and we are always at one with that source. We are fully, fully, fully supported and our journey home 
is secure and safe. And we can trust that we will be given exactly what we need to be aware of, to make one step at a time. And we will return home in joy and happiness. And as the Course says, the world will end in laughter. And that doesn't mean we will end because we are that laughter. We are that happiness. We are that joy. And that is who we are returning to. To what the Course calls heaven. To what the Course calls home. And that home is a constant, is eternal, and is always available to us. And that's what revelations show us. So welcome every revelation you have. Even if it's in the midst of the most horrendous experience you think you will ever have. Yeah, I love you all. And thank you, Pamela, for being available to ask all these questions. Thank you so much. I've, I've been really blessed to learn more about you, get to know you better. Um, you are really a gift to our community. Thank you so much. You are very welcome. Thank you. So, dear listeners, time to... Say goodbye until next time. And thank you for listening. And thank you for being there for me and listening to me and to Pamela and to everyone else who joins on this podcast. And I want to once again reaffirm that anyone who wants to tell their story or share how what is helpful to them and they feel could be helpful to others on this podcast, just contact me. Blessings. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.